Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Journey to Purpose podcast, your source for Christ-centered girl talk and inspiration. I am your host, Ilana Major, and I hope that you are as excited and inspired by this message as I am. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 everyone. I am your host, Ilana Major, and I am absolutely thrilled. I am absolutely ecstatic. I feel absolutely blessed that you are here with me on today. I recognize that there are a ton of Christian podcasts. There are a ton of just Christian content overall on the internet. No matter which platform you are, there is Christian content for you to tune in. And there are lots of ministers of the gospel who are sharing the word of God. And so I have to believe that the fact that you have ended up here means that God has divinely ordered your steps here. And so if this is your first time tuning in, I want to say welcome to this podcast episode. If you are a returning listener, I want to welcome you as well. All of you guys, um, I am just extremely grateful to have. And so I thank all of you for your love and your support and your encouragement. And here is what I am going to do. I am going to make three appeals before I get into this message. If this message has blessed you in any way or any of my messages throughout this season, I am going to ask that you leave me a review. Whichever streaming platform that you are listening to this podcast on, please leave me a review there. This is a way that other people are able to um, reach this podcast. They're able to see this podcast. They're able to see that it's available. And so I ask that each one of you guys leave me a review. The second X that I have is that you would share this podcast with at least one person. If you all will do that, you will continue to help this podcast to grow, that this message continues to reach the masses. It is my prayer and my belief that the Lord is going to, um, that he's going to grow this podcast so that people in different continents are hearing it. Last, what I'm going to ask you all to do is to go to my journey to purpose. Purpose Facebook page and leave a review for our podcast. If this podcast has blessed you, please share some type of testimony or some type of message so that others are able to see that it is a podcast that is worth being listened to. Okay, now that I have said all of that, I want to actually do something a little bit different. Typically, if I'm going to pray, I usually pray toward the end, but I actually want to pray just for God to bless this message today. And so um, if you're with me, bow your head, close your eyes or keep driving or keep your eyes open, keep doing whatever you are doing. But I just want to pause for a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your presence in our lives. God, I thank you that you are Father. I thank you that you are my provider. God, I thank you for all of the ways that you keep me. Now, God, I stand before you asking, God, that you would empty me, God, of me, and that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, God, that as I speak, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, that they are they are acceptable in your sight. Father God, I pray that you would speak to your children, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you would, God, heal something in them as they listen to this message. God, I pray that you would change them, God. God, change the ones who need to be changed. Correct those who need to be corrected. God, encourage those who need to be encouraged. I just simply ask, oh God, that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, if you have not tuned in, to the first part of this series. This is a two-part series titled Discarded Dreams. If you have not tuned in to that podcast episode, I am going to redirect you to listen to that podcast episode first, because if not, this podcast episode may feel as if you're just jumping in the middle of a story. And because I want to make sure that you are able to follow along with the rest of us, I instruct you, I encourage you, I would like for you to listen to that episode first. Nevertheless, we have been Looking at the story of the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, we began last week at verse 8, but this week we are actually going to be beginning at verse 18. And so right now while I'm speaking, I'm giving you an opportunity to get your pen and your paper. For those of you guys who like to get your Bible so that you're able to follow along with me so that you can make sure that the word says what I'm saying the word says, then this gives you an opportunity to do that. So again, this 
episode is titled Discarded Dreams, and this is part two. It's our finale episode. We are beginning at verse 18, and the word of the Lord reads as such. The boy grew up and one day went out to his father, who was with the grain harvesters. The boy said to his father, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, take him to his mother. The servant took him to his mother and he lay on his mother's lap until noon. Then he died. So she took him up and laid him on Elisha's bed. Then she shut the door and left. She called to her husband, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys. Then I can go quickly to the man of God and return. The husband said, why do you want to go to him today? It isn't the new moon or the Sabbath day. She said, it will be all right. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she went to Elisha, the man of God at Mount Carmel. When she was when he saw her coming, excuse me, when he saw her coming from far away, he said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite woman. Run to meet her and ask, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is the boy all right? She answered, everything is all right. Then she came to Elijah at the hill and grabbed his feet. Gehazi came near to pull her away, but Elisha said to him, leave her alone. She's very upset and the Lord has not told me about it. He has hidden it from me. She said, master, did I ask you for a son? Didn't I tell you not to lie to me? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready, take my walking stick in your hand and go quickly. If you meet anyone, don't say hello. If anyone greets you, don't respond. Lay my walking stick on the boy's face. The boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I won't leave you. So Elisha got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the walking stick on the boy's face, but the boy did not talk or move. Then Gehazi went back to meet Elisha. The boy has not awakened, he said. When Elisha came into the house, the boy was lying dead on his bed. Elisha entered the room and shut the door. So only he and the boy were in the room. Then he prayed to the Lord. He went to the bed and lay on the boy, putting his mouth on the boy's mouth, his eyes on the boy's eyes, his hands on the boy's hands. He stretched himself on top of the boy. Soon the boy's skin became warm. Elisha turned away and walked around the room. Then he went back and put himself on the boy again. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha said to Gehazi, called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he did. When she came, Elisha said, pick up your son. She came in and fell at Elisha's feet, bowing face down to the floor. Then she picked up her son and went out. God is able to resurrect your discarded dreams. Oh, if I can just edit that by saying that God is able to resurrect that which appears to be dead in your life. You all, as I was reading this scripture on today, I was reading this text. And sometimes you guys, as I am reading the text and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me and I think about who God is and how God often operates. And when I see the move of God, something about that stirs me up on the inside. Something about that makes me emotional at times. Something about that causes me to really pause and just give glory unto the God that we serve. You all, we serve a great God. God is mighty. Stories like this exist in the scriptures so that we are able to look at these stories 
and our faith is strengthened so that when we look at these stories, we walk away encouraged. So when we look at these stories, we're reminded of just how great God is so that we are reminded that nothing can stand in between you and what God has for you so that we are reminded that our God is able to work miracles so that we are reminded that the God we serve can do anything but fails so that we are reminded that God will move on our behalf. When we make room for him, God, when we make room for him, God moves on our behalf. And so here we are looking at this scripture. And as I'm looking at the text, I begin to stare at the text. And it as if it is as if the text begins to look back at me and the text begins to speak to me. It is as if the Holy Spirit begins to truly illuminate certain things in the text. And on today, I don't just have three points. You all know I typically have three points. But on today, the Lord has given me a bonus. And so I have four points. I have four things that the Holy Spirit I truly believe has ordained for you to hear on today. And so the Lord began to describe to me the type of person for whom God will resurrect a dead thing. God began to describe to me the kind of person who he moves on the behalf of God began to describe to me the kind of situations and the kind of people and the kind of heart postures that put him in a position where he's ready to move on our behalf. And so the first thing I want to say to you is just as the woman of Shunem was a woman of faith, if you are a person who is seeking for God to do a move, you're seeking for God to resurrect your dream. You are seeking for God to resurrect that which appears to be dead in your life. God says that you have to be a person who moves by faith. The Shunabite woman walked by faith, you guys. And the reason why we know that she walked by faith is because as we look at the text, we see that it was almost exist as if she was refusing to accept death as being final. And I say this because as she was speaking to her husband, she calls to her husband, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys. Then I can go quickly to the man of God and return. The husband says, why do you want to go by, go by today? Why do you want to go today? It, it isn't the new moon or the Sabbath day. So her husband is trying to figure out why do you want to go there? What's the urgent need? Mind you, you all, it says in the text that her son had died. At no point does she say to her husband, my son is dead. Our son is gone. Our son has passed away and I got to go find the man of God. She never suggests any of this. She never begins the process of mourning. And in, by Jewish custom, you guys, there are, I believe there are three different phases of mourning. And in the first phase of mourning, they say that it begins immediately upon the person learning of the death. Instead of the Shunammite woman beginning Beginning the process of mourning, beginning to put ashes over her head, beginning to assume a posture of mourning. Instead of her doing those things, you guys, she begins to move. She begins to make a move towards God. And I told you all that Elisha does not simply represent a man of God. Elisha represents the presence of God. Elisha represents um, the miracle of God. Elisha represents the word of God. Elisha is a representation of God. And so when she goes to Elisha, you all, she's understanding that Elisha is the vessel. Elisha is but the conduit, but it is God who works miracles. It is God who restores. It is God who protects. It is God who keeps. It is God who's able to do anything but fail. Apart from God, we are nothing. Even the greatest prophets throughout the scriptures, even the ones who did the greatest things in the text without God, they are, they're nothing without God. There is nothing that they can do. And so as we begin to look at the Shunammite woman, we see her begin to make her way into the very presence of God. And so you guys, she goes to the place where she knows she can experience God. The last time she experienced a miracle, this is where it was. The last time, listen here, you guys, I'm looking at this text and I'm looking at the fact that immediately when this happens, she says, I'm going to go to Elisha. Now I keep telling you guys, she's going to Elisha, but she's really going into the presence of God. She's really seeking God. She's really going into a place for her to posture herself before the Lord so that he moves on 
on her behalf. And so if you and I are going to be the person who God moves on our behalf, we have to become people who move by faith. And so I want you to remember that God has called you to be a person who moves by faith. The second thing that I want to make um, very aware to you all, the thing that I want to really stress is that not only was the Shunammite woman a woman who moved by faith, the Shunammite woman was a woman who was very intentional with her words. And so if I can just pause right there and park on that curb, I want to encourage you all to be intentional with your words. Be a person who is intentional with their words. And if I can expound upon it just a little bit more, I am going to say speaking the things that be not as though it were. You all, as we look at the text and we see that she's having this conversation with her husband, you all, she never speaks that her son is dead. She never says, I have to because of his death. I have to because don't you know what's happening with her? She never speaks any of that, you all. In addition to that, you guys, I want to share this. Sometimes you have to be really careful with whom you share your fears, your doubts, and your dreams with. Now, I'm not knocking the Shunammite's Shunammite's husband because I don't know that woman's husband. But what I do know is that every time there is room made for God, it appears as if it's the Shunammite woman doing this. When they built the house for Elisha, you guys tuned into last week's episode if you haven't. When they built the house for Elisha or they built upon their house so that Elisha would have a dwelling place, the scripture says that the wife initiated it, that the wife was suggesting what should be in the room, that the wife was leading this thing. And so you all I don't know about this man, but it's giving that the wife is leading in the spiritual area of their marriage. Okay. And so I don't know this man again, like Kiki Palmer said, I do not know this man. However, I still, I can still make, um, I can still assume (laughs) that with this woman, leading in all of these things that with this woman being very vocal about him being a man of God, that with this woman doing all of the things that she did, that regarding God, this man probably is not the one who is dominant, that regarding prayer, this man is probably not the one who is dominant in the household. And so I don't know what his faith was, but I want to suggest to you all that in terms of sharing your fears, your doubts, and your dreams, Be very careful for whom you share those things with. And I say that with I say that to you guys because you want to share those things with someone who is going to be in agreement with you. In this story, we don't see that the Shunammite has any particular person that's in agreement with her, but we do know that she chooses not to share this um, information with her spouse. And in real life, you or I would absolutely be sharing this with our spouse, right? And so I have to believe that there's a reason why she didn't share it. And as I looked at this, you all, I began to think about how a lot of times we open our mouths and we begin to speak fears to people. And those very people who we speak our fears into, they begin to share with us that they got the same fear or they begin to ignite the fear even more. They begin to speak words that begin to plant seeds of doubt, uh, seeds of fear. And so as we are speaking to different individuals, Now, I don't know what season you're in, but for those of you guys who are waiting on a move of God, for those of you guys who are praying for a miracle, for those of you guys who are trying to get God to move on your behalf in a certain area in your life, I want to appeal to you and say, be careful who you share with in this season. Be careful who you share with in this season, because those people who have your ear are influential in your life. You may not recognize it, but those people that you speak to on a consistent basis, those friends that you speak with on the phone, those people that you listen to online, those people who you communicate with, they have influence over you. And so what you don't want is for somebody who lacks faith or somebody who doesn't walk in faith the way that you do. I called myself a person who has crazy faith. I feel like my faith is ridiculous. I feel like my faith is so crazy that it has to be a gift because I didn't create this in myself. I believe that God has gifted 
gifted me with crazy faith. And because of that, I know that I have to protect that faith at all costs. I can't expose that faith to somebody who walks in doubt. I can't expose that faith to somebody who walks in the spirit of fear. I can't expose to that faith, that faith to someone who refuses to believe Jesus the way that I do, who believes Jesus for restoration the way that I do, who believes that Jesus is able to work miracles the way that I do. I can't expose that faith to just anyone. And when I think about it, you all, and that, that's not to say that you shouldn't be interacting with your husband or you shouldn't interact with your sisters. What I'm saying to you all, your friends and everyone else is to be careful what you speak about with them. Be careful what you say to them, lest they offer their opinion and their opinion begins to um, totally obliterate your faith. Today, their opinion begins to be so loud that it is now the thing that you are thinking in your mind and that you begin to have your faith depleted moment by moment, second by second, because you are repeating the thoughts that came out of a person who is operating by the spirit of fear. And so you all be careful who you share things with. But I also want to speak to someone who has conversation with, with people and they, they begin to bring their opinion forth. Have you guys ever recognized that when you open your mouth, you have the ability to completely mess things up. And so when I think about the Shunammites woman and what he could have said, the thought in my mind is like, man, hush before you mess this up for both of us. OK. And so as I think about the Shunammites woman and the possibility that he could have spoken something that would have been against her faith or he could have told her he's gone. Let's just grieve. Or he could have spoken to her in a certain way, in a certain regard that would have completely shrunk her ability to be able to believe in God. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, the Shunammite woman had wisdom and she continues on her journey without even speaking concerning it. She is what I would consider to be or what some people would consider to be not even me. She is what some people would say delusional. Let me tell you guys something. When I tell you that I don't mind having delusional faith. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care about nobody's opinion. If the Lord says it, if I believe that the Lord is able to do it, leave me in my delusional place, place you guys. I don't mind the idea of having delusional faith. Some of us would have called this woman delusional because she refused to accept the idea that her son was dead and gone. But that faith right there is what produced a move of God. Even when I think about what the Shunammite said, you guys, I told you that the second thing is that you have to be intentional with your words. Even when I think about the words that came out of her mouth, you all, when she spoke to Elisha's servant, she said, everything is all right. Listen here. If speak the things that be not as though they were was a person it is her you guys she began to say everything is all right instead of her saying my son is there she just simply said everything is all right you guys in the entirety of this text never once does the shunammite woman open her mouth to say my son is dead. And I want you all to take that home with you. I want you to begin to process that in your mind because the thing that it is in your life that appears to be dead, I want you to ask yourself, what have I spoken regarding it? Have you been speaking that your marriage is dead? Have you been speaking that the dream is dead? Have you been speaking that the business is dead? Have you been speaking that the opportunities on your job is dead? The possibility to advance is dead? What have you been speaking concerning it? And even as I'm listening to this, I'm listening to myself speak, you guys. I myself, you guys. I'm being rebuked of the Lord because there are certain things that I have said with my own mouth that if they came to pass, you guys, I would have to take credit for the fact that I spoke them. And so in this moment, you all, I want you to hear this text and I want you to hear the Holy Spirit speaking. I want you to hear your heavenly father, father speaking to you in this moment. Be intentional with your words. Be intentional with your words. Be intentional with your words. 
I don't care what it looks like. Speak the things that be not as though they were. People questioning what's going on with your separation. I want you to speak the things that be not as though it were. Everything is well. Everything is all right. Concerning your child who seems to be going left, who seems to be not living up to their potential. I want you to speak the things that be not as though it were. I know you see them in the in a season of drunkenness. I know that you see them in a season of addiction. I know you see them in a season where they're lacking faith. I know you see them in a season where they're not who God has called them to be, but speak the things that be not as though it were. I know that you're worried that God is never going to do this thing for you, but speak the things that be not as though it were. I know you're scared. I know you're concerned. I know fear is beginning to raise up, but speak the things that be not as though it were. I know there are people who are telling you that you're ira- you're being irrational. I know that there are people who are telling you that you're being delusional. I know that there are people who are questioning your sanity because of your crazy faith, but I want to tell you to speak the things that be not as though it were be intentional with your faith people of God be intentional I'm sorry with your words people of God speak the things that be not as though it were and the third thing that the Holy Spirit highlighted for me is that if you are going to be a person who the Lord works a miracle for, who the Lord works on your behalf, who the Lord makes a move on behalf of. The Lord says that you need to be a person who knows how to get into my presence. Be a person who knows how to get into the presence of God. And above all, keep going back to God. I don't care what they say. Keep going back to God. I don't care how far you have gotten away from the will of God. Keep going back to God. I don't care what this job looks like. I don't care how discouraged you get as a result of it. I don't care what they say about you. I don't care how far gone you guys have gotten. Keep going back to God. I don't care how much doubt has begun to creep in. I don't care who has spoken ill of it. I don't care who has tried to decrease your faith, who has tried to speak a word to diminish your faith. I don't care how the enemy makes his way in. Keep going back to God. You all, when I look at the story, this story of the Shunammite woman, What is obvious to me is that she recognized that the situation that I am in, it is not going to change until I get into the presence of God. If it is ever going to change in any type of way, it is going to require me getting into the presence of God. And so I'm speaking with someone on today who is sick and sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm speaking to you on today and I'm telling you that the thing that you won't change in your life, that ability to leave those edibles alone, that ability to put that drink down, that ability to mend your your marriage, that ability to mend the relationship with your children, that ability to advance, that ability to um, have the strongholds torn down in your life. All of those things lie in your desire and they lie in your um, tenacity to keep going into the presence of God. Keep going into the presence of God, you guys, no matter what. I cannot stress that enough. I don't care if you're a person who reads your Bible every day or if you are a person who has never read the scriptures before for yourself. Keep going back to God. I don't care what your life looks like. I don't care if your life looks like the scriptures, if it lines up with it. I don't care if you call yourself walking upright or if you are a person who has not walked with the Lord in years. Keep going back to God. Don't you let the enemy make you believe that God will not receive you. You can always go back to God. I want you to hear that from the voice of your heavenly father. Hear that as the Holy Spirit speaks that to you. You can always, you can always come back to God. 
can always come. It is a trick of the enemy to get you to believe that the Lord no longer loves you, that the Lord can no longer use you, that the Lord no longer desires relationship with you, that you have messed up so bad that God will not have you back. Hear this from the voice of your heavenly father. You can always come back to me. You can always come back to me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love. Nothing will ever separate you from my love. You can always come back to me. And so the Shunammite woman, what she recognizes is that if I want God to move, I got to get into his presence. And so I suggest to you that if you want God to move, get into his presence. And for those of you guys who are saying, man, I used to really be in the presence of God. I want you to ask yourself, when you haven't experienced the presence of God in a while, where was the last time I experienced the presence of God? The Shunammite woman recognized that the last time I experienced the miracle, it was in the presence of God. And so as I'm talking about the Shunammite woman and as you're looking at your own life, I'm not talking about the location. I'm talking about your heart. Where was your heart the last time you experienced a miracle? The last time you experienced a move of God? What was the posture of your heart the last time God did a thing that no one else could do the last time God showed up and did what only God can do the last time God showed up in a way that had you shook because you almost forgot what your father was capable of the last time God showed up like that where was your heart where were you and so I want to suggest to you go back to that place Go back to that place of humility. Was it in the place of worship? Go back into the place of worship. Was it in the place of humility? Go back to the place of humility. Was it in the place of praise? Go back to the place of praise. You guys go back to wherever you were. The last time God worked a miracle in your life. And the last time God showed up, go back to that place. The next thing that I want to share with you guys as we look at this story is something that the Holy Spirit pointed out to me. The Lord said, be careful who you surround yourself with in seasons of pain. When it seems as if your dream has, uh, when it seems as if your dreams has, have died, when it seems as if you have something going on in your life that is dead, the Lord says, be careful who you surround yourself with in those seasons, because if you are not careful, they will prematurely pull you out of the presence of God. And somebody who is listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. The moment you begin to fast, they begin to call your phone. You ain't heard from these people in forever. They haven't checked on you all while you are going through your season of grief, your season of pain, your season of storm. They haven't checked on you none while you were going through these things. But the moment you begin fasting and laying on your face, they begin calling trying to get you out of the house trying to get you and they don't recognize it and probably neither do you in those moments but trying to pull you out of the presence of God when we look at this text we see that as the woman hits the ground as she lays at Elisha's feet Gehazi begins to pull her away he makes an attempt to pull her away and Elisha immediately says leave her alone as a matter of fact I want to go back into the text and I want to I want to read that particular part to you guys then she came to Elisha at the hill and grabbed his feet Gehazi came near to pull her away but Elisha said to him leave her alone she's very upset and the Lord has not told me about it he has hidden it from me and so just in this text as Gehazi was close enough to pull her away. I want you to be mindful who of who is close enough to pull you away. Who is close enough to pull you out of the presence of God? Who is close enough that they might be a distraction for you? Who is close enough that they might pull you away from the season that God has strategically placed you in? Be careful who you let close to you in this particular season. And you all, even as I think about 
the Shunammite woman and I think about myself and the struggles that I have gone through and continue to go through, right? Because we are always wrestling with something. There's always some type of area where we see that we have need of God. Um, when I think about those things that I think about the Shunammite woman and how she fell at the feet of Elisha, you all, Elisha represents the presence of God. In essence, what she's saying is, I'm hurt. But I don't want to hurt outside of the presence of God. Is anybody listening to me on today that will say, I hurt? God, I'm hurting. But I'm hurting in your presence. God, I'm a hurt, but I'm a hurt in your presence. God, I'm experiencing these pain, but I would rather experience these pains, oh God, in your presence than outside of it. God, I would rather go through this hurt, God, knowing that you are with me, God, than going through it alone. God, I would rather go through what I'm going through, God, in your presence, oh God. God, I'm going to go through this, God, but I'm going to go through it laying at your feet. What are you thinking as you're going through this season? What is the posture of your heart while you're going through this? I don't know about you all, God, but listen here. When I think about who God is, my heart says to me, when I'm going through pain, get into the presence of God. Get into the presence of God. When I am discouraged, get into the presence of God. When I am weak, get into the presence of God. When I am tearful, get into the presence of God. When I'm beginning to doubt, get into the presence of God. When I feel as if this dead thing will never be resurrected, get into the presence of God. And so I say to God, God, I'm hurting, but I'm going to hurt in your presence. God, I'm wrestling, but I'm going to wrestle in your presence. God, I'm struggling with this, God, but I'm going to struggle with it in your presence. God, I'm crying, but I'm going to cry in your presence. God, I'm beginning to doubt, but God, I'm going to doubt in your presence. God, I'm not going to do any of this without you. God, I'm going to lay at your feet, oh God. Lord, I lay at your feet until you begin to move. God, I'll lay at your feet until you begin to comfort me. God, I'll lay at your feet, oh God, until I begin to sense your presence, oh God. Lord, I'll lay at your feet until I begin to sense your peace, oh God. Lord, I'll lay at your feet until you begin to give me instruction. God, I'll lay at your feet, oh God, until you begin to heal my wounds. God, I'll lay at your feet, oh God, until you begin to heal my heart. God, I'll lay at your feet until you begin to restore my faith. God, I'll lay at your feet. We go through all of these different struggles as Christians, but I want you to remember that struggling while you're walking with the Lord is totally different than struggling apart from him. And so if I'm going to struggle, I'm choosing to struggle with him. If I'm a cry, I'm choosing to cry with him. If I'm a wrestle, I'm choosing to wrestle with him. If I'm a fall, I choose to fall at his feet. If I'm going to fall, I choose to do it while I'm in the presence. I will not walk away from God because of what this season has brought into my life. How many of you all say I will not walk out of the presence of God because life is throwing all of these storms at me? I will not leave the presence of God. And so the Shunammite woman says to Elijah, she says, I will not leave you. I'm going to read this particular text, you guys, because as I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is a woman who is committed to remaining in the presence of God. And so what she says is, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. You all, y'all heard everything I just said, but who is willing to say that to the Lord, no matter where you are right now, Lord, I won't leave you. God, if everybody turns against me, God, I won't leave you. God, if you call me to do something that is hard, I won't leave you. God, if you call me to go through a season that I don't want to go through, I won't leave you. God, if you call me out of my comfort zone, I won't leave you. God, if you take it all from me, God, I won't leave you. Lord, if you don't move as fast as I want you to move, I won't leave you. God, if you don't work this miracle, I won't leave you. 
There is something about having that type of heart, being that type of person that makes God look at you and say, I'm going to move on their behalf. I'm not going to leave them in this. I'm not going to leave them in this place of torment. I'm not going to leave them in this place of pain. I'm not going to leave them in this place of suffering. I'm going to move on their behalf. Because this is a person who worships me no matter what. This is a person who is with me no matter what. This is a person who's not with me because of what I could do for them. This is a person who is going to be with me and won't leave me no matter what. Yes, the Lord says to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But will seasons of suffering cause you to forsake him? Are you the one that will walk away because things are not looking the way that you want them to? Because God is not moving quickly enough because God doesn't work the miracle. Because even though you prayed, it still didn't happen. Are you the one who will forsake him? I want to be like the Shunammite woman. Father, give me a heart like the Shunammite woman that says, I won't leave you. Lord, I know you said that you'll never leave me nor forsake me, but God, I want a heart that says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you guys, when we think about experiencing seasons of hurt, we often think about these seasons of hurt and we see all of the negative that it brings, right? We see all of the things, all of the pain. We see all of the tears. We see all of the sorrow. We see all of the mourning. We see all of the disillusionment. We see all of the beginning to doubt God. We see all of these negatives. But you guys, even in seasons of hurt, there is beauty to be found in it. And I say that because as we look at this story of the Shunammite woman, you all, the Shunammite woman was pushed to the brink of coming out of her comfort zone. And you're asking me why, Ilana, where does it say in the scripture that she came out of her comfort zone? I'm going to go back and I'm going to read what the scripture says. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on. Don't slow down unless I tell you. So she went to Elisha, the man of God at Mount Carmel. You guys, every time she interacted with Elisha prior to this, she was she was interacting with him. In Shunem, she was interacting with him in her home. She was interacting with him in her space, in the place where she was comfortable. But when her son died, when she needed God to work a miracle, you guys, she came out of her comfort zone. It drew her out of that. She went to Mount Carmel, you guys. She went to a place that she'd never been before. And so I submit to you all. That one of the beautiful things about hurt is that hurt has the possibility that hurt has the ability to push us into the presence of God in ways that we've never seen before. I know that you're hurting, but what God is going to do in this, the way that you're going to see God after this, the way that you're going to experience his goodness after this, I know that you are hurting, but the way that you're going to know God after this, I know that you're hurting, but the way that you're going to pray after this, the way you pray after this season won't be the way that you prayed before you'd gone through it. The way that you pray after this level of hurt is it's, it's at another level, you guys. I've shared with you all that the Lord has been speaking to me throughout this year. There's another level to this. You think you can pray? Wait till you experience this level of hurt. There's another level to this. You think that you're a patient person? Wait till you experience this level of hurt. There's another level to it. You think that you are long suffering? Wait till you go through this type of hurt. There's another level to it. You think that you have faith. Wait till you come out on the other side of this. There's another level to it because some hurt has the ability to push, push us into the presence of God in a way that we never have before. And so because the Shunammite woman gets into the presence of God in a way that she never has before, she experiences a miracle that she never has before. She experiences God's goodness in the way that she never has before. She sees God in a way that she never has before. And just as the Shunammite woman, because of her hurt, is pushed into the presence of God and thereby experiences him 
experiences him in a way that she never has before. That is my prayer for you and I, that because of the hurt that God will push us into his presence, that we might experience him in a way that we never have before, that we might experience his presence in a way that we never have before. Father God, we want to experience knowing you in a way that we never have before. The Shunammite woman gets a miracle, you guys, in this story, because she is a woman who knows how to get into the presence of God. She knows how to get into the presence of God. I want you to ask yourself, do you know how to get into the presence of God? And last, you all, something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Is this that if you want God to move on your behalf, if you want God to work a miracle in your life, if you want God to resurrect this dream, if you want God to resurrect the thing that appears to be dead, whether it's your health, whether it is your marriage, whether it is a relationship, whether it is your ability to obtain wealth, whether it is your ability to earn a living, whatever it is that you want God to resurrect, if you want God to move You have to be a person with a heart posture of praise and worship. And again, you guys are looking and going, you're listening to this and you're saying, Ilana, where does it say in this scripture that this woman began to praise and worship the Lord? You all, as we read in the text, the Shunammite woman fell at the feet of Elisha. She fell at the feet of Elisha and whether you know it or not, falling at the feet, laying prostrate, that is a posture of reverence of God. That is a posture of humility. That is a posture that says, Father God, you're able to do everything because God, you are God. That's the posture of a person whose heart says, Lord, you are sovereign. God, I'm subject unto you. She is a person who postures her heart to reverence God in that she praises him and she worships him. You guys, when you lay on your face or when we see throughout the scripture that an individual lays on their face, it is typically because they are in an act of praise and worship that they recognize that they are subject to God. They recognize how great and mighty that God is. They recognize that coming into the presence of God requires humility. Twice in this text, we see the Shunammite woman fall at Elisha's feet. And remember, you guys, Elisha is just a man, but he represents the presence of God. And not only does he represent the presence of God, you guys, he represents the promise of God. Remember, this is where the miracle was birthed in the first place. The Shunammite woman receives her son because Elisha makes a promise to her. And when Elisha makes a promise to her, it is God making a promise to her her and God always fulfills his promises. We talked about that in the last episode, that God is a God who makes good on every promise. And so when we see in this particular portion of the text, that when she first encounters Elisha, after she says that everything's all right, she falls at Elisha's feet. She falls at Elisha's feet then. And then after Elisha comes and God works his miracle, she falls at Elisha's feet again. And so in essence, what she's saying is, Lord, I worship you before you work the miracle, God, and I'll worship you after. God, nothing is going to change. Oh God, God, before you do this thing in my life, I'm going to worship you. God, after you do this thing in my life, guess what? I'm going to worship you. God, before you move on my behalf, I'm going to praise you. And guess what? God, after you move on my behalf, I'm going to praise you. Lord, I ain't switching up my praise nor my worship. Oh God, because you've worked a miracle in my life. God, I'm not switching up my praise nor my worship because you've taken me to another level. God, I'm not switching up my praise in my worship because suffering has entered my life. God, I'm not switching up my praise and my worship, oh God, no matter what heights you take me to, no matter what lows I go into, God, whether I'm on the mountaintop or the valley low, God, I don't switch up my praise and my worship. God, I will worship you before and I will worship you after, oh God. God, because my heart posture is that 
I worship you, God, no matter what. God, whether you move or you don't move, oh God, I worship you. God, whether you do the thing that I've been praying for or you don't, God, yet and still I will worship you. Father God, let our heart posture be the posture of worshiping you and praising you, God, no matter what. God, before you resurrect the dream, God, after you resurrect the dream, God, we'll praise you, God, we'll worship you. Father God, before, oh God, the healing, God, after the healing, God, I will worship you. Before the marriage and after the marriage, God, I will worship you. God, before you make me a mother, while I am yet waiting on it, oh God, I will worship you. After you've given me the blessing, oh God, I will worship you. Here is a woman who will worship God before he works a miracle, but will also not forget to come back and worship God afterwards, who will also not forget how good God has been to her. And so as I'm listening as you are listening and as I'm listening to myself speak, I want us to be rem reminded that God is a God to be worshipped no matter what season you're in. Whether it becomes popular or not to, to love and adore Jesus, whether it is popular or not to be a Christian, whether it is popular or not to give the Lord honor and glory and praise publicly, I will worship God before and after. I will worship God in. I will continue to praise and worship God. <sighs> you guys, I'm coming to the end of this podcast episode, but I'm going to give you my four points really quickly before I'm out. If you're going to be a person for whom God moves, if you're going to be a person for whom God resurrects a dead dream or resurrects a discarded dream or a dead thing that is in your life, this is the person that God is calling you to be. Be a person who moves by faith. Number two, be a person who is intentional with your words, speaking the things that be not as though they were. Number three, be a person who knows how to get into the presence of God. And number four, be a person with a heart posture of praise and worship. This concludes our fourth and season. And this is our final episode of the season. I pray that this season has blessed all of you all. I pray that you will share this podcast episode with someone that they might be blessed. I pray that you will leave me a review, but more than anything, I pray that God has spoken to you through me on today. All that being said, I am concluding this episode and I love you. I love you. I love you. And as I always say, peace out. If you're listening to this message, that means that you've finished this entire episode. And for that, I want to say thank you. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us by sharing the podcast, by subscribing to this podcast, and also by leaving us a review. We would greatly appreciate it if you could do those things. Again, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Peace out.